evening, Patriots. And it's Thursday, August 4th on the West Coast in the year 2022. And on the East Coast, you have now stepped into Friday. We'll catch up and we'll have a great Friday tomorrow, all of us. And before we begin, you know I love coffee. We have our health coffee, but we also like to drink regular coffee. And I'm going to tell you, my coffee from Mike Lindell, which is now available at mystore.com forward slash bards, mystore.com forward slash bards is an awesome coffee. I've been sharing it with friends and family. comes in three roasts, light, medium, and dark. And 25% off if you use your bards promo code, B-A-R-D-S. It's fantastic. And the My Store site is really pretty amazing. In fact, I'm talking to my pillow right now and getting some of the upcoming Bards products on my store, which will be pretty cool. So mystore.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. And then right when you get to that page, you'll see my coffee right there on top. Just click on that. Two different size bags. You can get the large bag, a two pounder. That's what I would recommend. And it, it's really well done. It's a organic coffee, beautifully roasted, both in their light in all three, light, medium, or dark. It's roasted in the United States, very well done, great flavor, good for drinking all through the day. And since I like coffee, I get my morning boost with Expedition Coffee, and then I jump into the coffee for the rest of the day, and this has become one of my go-to favorites on coffee for the day. So check it out, mystore.com forward slash bards, Promo code BARDS. Check out my coffee when you're there. And then while you're there, just cruise around and see some of the other great American-made products. That's really great. And there you go. Patriots, I want to touch real quickly on Romans. We did this earlier. We touched on Romans 1, 18 to 32. But I'm going to kind of scroll on down here a little bit in midway. And it says, therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creator rather than the creature rather than the creator. And it goes on with all that detail, how they would be, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what they ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, malice. They are all full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are parents. They are gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they gave approval to those who practice them. I've said many times, if we look at the world, it does appear in a framework like that, especially when we look at where these uh, people that are abiding to the liberal and progressive agenda are essentially the religion of me. When we reflect back on this last couple of years, and there's been a lot to reflect on, 
there's been quite a war that we've been engaged in. And that war is not a small one. We have been fighting to wake people up, to have them not take the vax. We have, we've used all methods to try to influence people to see clearly. And I don't know that we enough times give credit to God's grace with us, and we should, that he gave us the sight to see this evil. In the context of Romans 1, 18 to 32, it is well within God's power that he could have let the whole nation be judged and that we would all suffer that consequence. And it's important to realize that he didn't. And that's not a what if or could if, it's just the fact that he didn't. And so there is a glory to God in all things that he spared a remnant, he spared us, and gave us at least the beginning of eyes to see. I've been praying on this a lot, and eyes to see is an interesting one. Because we're arriving at a new point here in this, in where we are. There's a lot of damage. There's still a lot of people out there that are eager to see a fight. There's a lot of people that are kind of like fingers sweating at the trigger, trying to imagine a big war that's going to happen and that they're going to be able to get behind their guns and start shooting people. And, you know, it's never we're never going to solve this that way. And it's never going to happen like that, in my opinion. I'm not going to tell you there won't be some violence. I'm not going to tell you that evil won't be expunged. But there's a real sense of missing the point of who, what evil is. Eyes to see is a really interesting one for me. So what I was really looking at and what was being put on my heart today was how initially we, we had eyes to see the truth in the vax, in the bioweapon. We had eyes to see its danger. God, I will be honest, God blessed me with a, a walk in life that's profound. And I'm, I am thankful every day for the way he brought me through this to where he put me here. He, he gave me an opportunity to be in a place I never imagined working. I never imagined working for the, some of the government labs and some of the advanced research areas. I never imagined being exposed to Google X Labs work, nanotech in the blood, super soldier projects. But I was. And I wasn't in those programs, but I was exposed to those programs. I got to see the concepts of what they were actually doing and trying to achieve from the inside. And that it goes along with all the other things that he allowed me to be part of information warfare, making movies, experiencing Hollywood as I did at one point, what its real debauchery was like. And I'm, I'm thankful for all that. And we should all be thankful for everything that we've experienced that brings us here, but we need to equally be thankful for the eyes to see because we were spared the vax. We were spared the bioweapon because we were able to either see it or hear the truth as others spoke it. 
And even though it was difficult, and it was difficult, and more so for some than others, the truth was still there and present before us and present in our heart enough to have us hold the line and argue for truth and speak truth. I guess I would look at that as a as one step in eyes to see. Because as we've moved on with eyes to see, now we've started to look at a bigger question, which is who can we trust? Which is a big question. It's at the core of human human existence. Who can we trust? We obviously know that you can't trust Fochi. You wouldn't trust Nancy Pelosi. Whether she's sober or drunk, doesn't matter. Same thing. You probably wouldn't trust the Pope. More and more people wouldn't trust most of the pastors in this nation that are, especially if they spoke anything about a vax or about closing their churches, we've lost the trust there. Most politicians, I would say most people don't trust politicians, and if they do, they're fools or still deceived by the matrix. But we've also got to the questions that we've had to deal with is can we trust those that have taken the injection? Can we take those that have the bioweapon floating through their bloodstream? That's a very difficult one. Because it's not an issue of trusting them as who they are or where they are, but trusting them. The question of trust is now based on something that was put within them. And that complicates the equation massively. And so again, we go back to the word eyes to see. What exactly is that? I will tell you what I believe it is. Because I don't think we're there yet. I think we're getting there. I think God is undoing the layers so we see as he sees. But we're not quite there. And what I'm going to lead to here is where I believe we have to go. See, eyes to see is not about what we see. It's not, it's about the heart. It's about what's truly in a person's heart. And to be able to see the demons that live within or the evil that resides within that heart is something that we don't totally have a grip on yet. We get glimpses of it. But as evidence, we tend to generalize, and I've done it here, I'm not excluding myself. We generalize about those that take the vax or people in the military that took the vax and we make generalizations like we can't really trust them right now, which there's a truth to that because the vax itself, the bioweapon has an element within it that has the potential to overtake brain thoughts and motivations. It, it creates brain fog. It creates changes in the neural network because of the technologies that are embedded in that injection. So that's a legitimate concern and to a certain degree a legitimate statement. But in looking at people from how I would expect God to see them, he's not looking at that as much as he's looking at their heart because that leads us to something else. If the heart is good, misguided, but good, or misguided and can be good, different things, the heart still can be brought to God, which means healing. 
And that, boy, that challenges us all at a certain point. Because if we're going to follow that, we're going to find ourselves in a place of extending mercy, of extending prayer, of extending healing prayers to people that we might find absolutely despicable. And yet, that would be God's way. Imagine if God put on your heart to pray for Fochi. See, we see Fochi as evil. I don't know what he is. I, I really don't have that much clarity on whether Fochi is truly evil or is he just misguided. But when I say true evil, there's no, there's no negotiating with evil. And to understand that level of malice and that sense of true evil is to realize that no matter what you do, they are going to continue to take their joy. They will never, ever come close to or desire or want to be part of anything that God offers. Take Harari, for example. See, there's nothing more I would love to see, and I mean this. I would love to see Harari, that Nazi troll. I would love to see Harari accept Christ. I'll make it a mission of mine to pray for him. Because if someone like Harari accepted Christ, the disruptive potential and crushing potential of the deep state would be unbelievable. And this is where it is important to realize that as far as we know, we, we, can't see, we can't see his heart. We can hear what he says. Some of it, I think, is a show, to be honest with you. Because I think we're being played quite a bit right now with a evil villain and a nuts and a good cop, bad cop scenario to try to harvest us into a certain corral that all looks the same. And what keeps us out of that harvest is our alignment with God. But my point to this is if God puts on your heart to pray for Harari, then that's where God wants us to be. And part of that is eyes to see. If we have eyes to see a truly evil heart, I would say most of us would be overwhelmed with what we would actually see. Because I think that pure evil is so pure in its evil that it would put chills at the very least down our spine. There's no saving pure evil. But take the person that takes the injection. We'll take your neighbor, for example. It took, and I'm sure everybody's got a neighbor that took the injection. They were stupid. It was a retarded decision. But is your neighbor evil? And if they're not evil, and we pray for them and they accept Christ, what happens? And then that takes us to the next thing. All of these divisions were been created by those that are, there are a few that are purely evil. Deeply evil. They have manipulated, they pulled the strings, they've controlled the narrative. And there have been some people that have been completely blinded. They haven't had a good rock and foundation on faith. They didn't have a relationship with Jesus, even though they might have said they did. They obeyed their pastor, didn't question anything. They obeyed the media, they obeyed the politician, whatever. They obeyed the CDC. They just blindly walked and mindlessly in this world, which was not what we were supposed to be doing anyway. And there is a consequence for that. 
Don't confuse what I'm saying here, that there isn't consequence. But justice and vengeance are God's. And in this phase that we're heading into, that fight to keep them from taking something has already been won or lost, depending on who it is. The information's out there. I mean, even the courts are beginning to say it. We talk, heard of a case almost six months ago in France where the person sued the hospital for saying that they had in, inappropriately influenced their now deceased parent to take the injection and, and that the insurance company wasn't going to pay out the insurance fee. And they said they were owed it because their parent was coerced into it. And the judge or, ruled that, and this was six months ago, the judge ruled that that is not correct, that there was plenty of information out there to make a legitimate choice. The consequence is that they made a choice that was effectively the same as suicide and therefore due to the clauses on the life insurance policy, the life insurance company was not obliged to pay. Again, dumb choices, stupid choices, ignorant choices perhaps. But I can't say that the person had a malicious heart. It is going to take a lot of focus on us to now, in my opinion, to really hear where God wants us to go. Proverbs 3, 5, 8, I read this this afternoon in Bended Knee. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. And that means that we have to be very cautious of what we judge or prejudge because the Lord is going to put places, put us in places now to hear things, to see things, to do things that quite frankly may run counter to the conventions which we have become comfortable in. One of those would be healing. One of those would be seeing into the hearts of people, the true heart of people. That's ultimately where Christ walked. And that's a more challenging walk than most have ever done. Matthew 9, 17. Nor do people put new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wineskins burst and the wine pours out and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins and both are preserved. We are currently in the process of making a choice. A choice between filling the old wineskin or shedding the old wineskin and embracing the new wineskin which God puts before us. That old wineskin was a good wineskin. It did its job. We fought our fights with it. But we're not going to win this in humanity when we continue to fight on their terms. God's world is a world of building bridges and healing as children. 
and we've been putting we've been put through a lot of fires of refinement to face ourselves, to heal ourselves, to strengthen ourselves over these last few years. And ahead of us now is an emerging mission. It's going to be very profound for those that choose it. It's going to be a mission of a new wineskin to now head forward to heal, to pray, to extend that hand of temperance and mercy, to seek God's grace, and to try to bring the bridges back in order, to build the bridges instead of being separated apart. That means coexisting as well. And it means bringing Christ into the lives of many so that they can start seeing the glory of what he brings. It's the courage of a warrior, a big one. And it's the compassion of a healer. And that's truly going to be a real climb, a good one, but a challenging one. God gave us that grace to be here. Where much is given, much is asked. And he gave us a lot. And it's going to be time for us to start building those bridges again. There's a lot of damage out here. Tremendous amount of damage. And it's still there. Most of what's what we're seeing now is on par with just acting in Kabuki theater. Where we're seeing the regurgitation by the same type of people over and over. But truths are percolating up. And they're, they're undeniable proofs. The death toll of this injection, this bioweapon, it cannot be denied. People will try, but it's happening everywhere. It's no mistake that if you take the numbers of damaged and dead, according to the real researchers like Tom Renz, you arrive at a number somewhere around 3.5 million. When you take the number of people that are out of the workforce, it's just interesting, probably just a coincidence that the number of people out of the workforce is around 3.5 million. Death rates are up 5,000% in the millennial class. A nation has been ravaged. Soldiers that have been compelled to take the injection, many are damaged. Some will die. Athletes are dropping off around the world. And the hidden weapon and destruction in all of this, the one that is not getting enough headlines, is that infertility is up 70% with those that took the jack, took the jab. 70%. Humanity is not going to survive if we don't build the bridges with one another. There is an accountability with this. There's a realization of what these people did, but that realization, as the truth is known, will be a big one to swallow. Imagine if you're a parent that was pushing the vax. And imagine this parent that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. And imagine you as a parent that bought into the lie, the panic, the fear. And as a parent, you had your children injected. 
And as the truth percolates up, you now discover that without even knowing anything yet, just the realization of the truth that you're going to have to confront the possibility that you have ensured that your children will have myocarditis or that they will be sterilized and you'll never have grandkids. They'll never have children. Maybe they'll be dealing with blood clot issues or brain fog or unknown aneurysms down the way. All, all of these are possible. They're not just a lot. It's more than possible. They're all the consequences of this bioweapon. And that's before you've had any signs of it in your family. Just the idea, the realization that you as a parent were the ones that were the one that was responsible for your children to get the injection. Imagine that weight. Because we can't assume in any way, shape, or form that these parents, just because they had their children and they put their children into the injection, it's like they were in a cult, in a coma at the same time. They believed what they were doing. We can see that evidence. But when, when the cloud pulls back and they see clearly, at least as we were first given eyes to see, and that's to understand what the evil is, not to understand all the evil, not to see deep into the evil heart, but to see what that evil is before them, and no relationship with Jesus, and no relationship or an understanding of God, our Father, how many will walk away thinking they aren't worthy? And how many would, will consider suicide? How many will be psychologically broken? And the answer is a lot. Here's the irony of all of this. In a certain way, what was intended for evil becomes good in the most strange way. Because as we contemplate that, I would expect, at least I know in my own heart, because I've fought hard and I will fight against evil, I will be the first on that front line to raise a sword to evil, pure evil. And I have been more than direct and hard on those that took the vax. But when we start to think about where we are now and the shift of this, and we're starting to really see it clear up, to start to really see who was behind this and the true hearts of evil, and we're beginning to get glimpses of it. I can say that my neighbor's an idiot, but I can't say that he was evil. I can say my brother was a fool, but I can't say that he's evil, because in fact my brother's an amazing father. But here's truth in storytelling. My brother had his children, made sure his kids were vaxxed, and he's an amazing father. I know this for fact. If he can accept this truth, it will break him. And I don't want to see him broken like that. That means God's put before us a new mission. We have to put on a new wineskin. We have to prepare for what's coming. Never will so much be asked of so few by so many. Those were prophetic words. I've said them a thousand times on this show, I'll bet. And we're going to have to find and prepare ourselves to be 
pure in our heart to extend that mercy to those and to ask God for his grace. Because sometimes God may decide to heal, not because they came to Christ, but because the process of healing brings them to Christ. And we can't forget that. We can't forget the acts of mercy can be more impactive to bring somebody closer to Christ than the expectation that they have to accept Christ first. God is interested in bringing us back together as one body. And he has put upon us an amazing grace. And we have always tried to honor that, but the more that we look at it, if we're honest, if that's happened, then there's a trust in us, a trust to trust in him, to follow Jesus. And each step that we go closer to that place and to see the truths unveil, We're the ones that can bring the healing. We can deliver that. We can because he told us so. John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. That was red letter language. That was Jesus. And what we, I don't think we want to be is where Jesus was in Luke nineteen forty one to 44. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it, saying, if you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace. But now you have been hidden but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you and they will not leave you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. I think when we come back every time and we ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? Where would Jesus walk? Not what we want. Not what we feel. Because that's if there's any lesson we should learn from this demonstration of tomfoolery out here, it's that everything that this amazingly powerful and evil institution has done is to try to get people to see through their emotions, not through the heart that God gave us. They want people to be irrational, temperate, making choices in short frameworks, not thinking long-term. They don't want people to see the unity within us. They want us to see the 
granular difference because that's how you keep people divided. And it's been quite masterful. And so as we are in this place and we start to really look deeply in our own hearts, we don't want to be carrying that burden of emotions and irrationality that they have been so good at creating within culture. We have to be the children of God. We have to be that remnant. We have to be those disciples. And there's a lot of different hats that we wear that ultimately all lead to the same place. They all lead back to the body of Christ. Our world has to heal. It has to heal in big ways now. And the tide has turned. It's not fully visible yet, but it's turning. You're starting to see the realization that the promises of great victory through elections are little more than just more tomfoolery. We're starting to see people doubt, question, be surprised that the election fraud is going on. They're clinging on to some sort of great miracle of the military white hats that are going to swing in. You're seeing more of that last final clinging. In my opinion, there's going to be some great disappointment come in November. Because it has to. The world has to be shaken. And all of us that have sat here trying to walk diligently this path of God, which is a center path, it's the third path. And we know it has not been easy. And we know that it has not been easy from either side, whether it's right side or left side. We've talked about an evil, but we've talked about unity. We've talked about the love of God. We've talked about the foolishness of politics. We've talked about the distrusting of the injection. We've talked about a lot of things. Those sides have confused everything. One side is saying if you're not injected at all, if you're not injected, you're not part of us at all. You need to be removed from, from society. The other side is basically say, just forgive and forget. Let's move on. Let's just pull everything together. We're not saying any of that. We've talked accountability. We've talked truth. Because we know that that greater truth comes from God. And as we walk that strength in that center path, all this other stuff, we really see the clarity of it because they're saying it because they don't want to do the hard work. But here's the truth. Everyone's going to have to do the hard work. It doesn't matter who you are. Because the more that this percolates up, there's no escaping it. And it's getting harder and harder not to see a headline that talks about the damage of the injection it's getting harder and harder not to see a headline that's warning of the forecoming food shortages. It's getting harder and harder not to see a headline that talks about the collapse of the dollar. And for those that are locked deep in the matrix, they're getting surrounded by the fear of a total implosion of the world with a nuclear holocaust or something, which I would say most of us that are walking on the center path are kind of just looking at going, okay, whatever. When you guys decide to be done with your games, let me know. But these, there's so many on each of these sides that just don't know Jesus. 
And as these foundations, which are just in the true sense of scripture, they've built their house on sand and it's crumbling and we're still standing. And it's not because we're in a superior class because God didn't put us there to be a superior class. He put us there to be his remnant to bring people back to the rock of faith. And there's really no big reward for that. We're not going to get headlines talking about the saving of the world by God's remnant. It's not going to be there. In fact, we're probably going to end up being the ones that are sitting in the back along the wall without a seat, watching the event as all of these big mouthpieces get up and talk about the great deeds that they did as the awards are pinned on their chest. And we're going to sit quietly back there. And then when we look around, we're going to realize someone else is with us too. And he's going to be smiling. It's going to be Jesus. And that's okay. Because we know where we sit with our Lord. And we're pretty solid there. And that beautiful place is that all those people can get up and they can do their things and they can grandstand and get their awards and they can get their, their special ribbons and whatever else they get, their hand trophies, their autographed baseball and their autographed football or whatever else. And we're going to sit there very happy with Jesus because we're going to know something. Every one of them is a little bit closer to God because of the work that God led us to do. And that's the beautiful part of this walk. You see, where we've all arrived is the place in the true fighting of war I've actually walked with. It's special forces. You see, patriots, this is the walk of a true humble warrior, the silent professional, not the one that gets the award. You know, I walked in the command post that was in Kandahar was called Camp Brown. Camp Brown. It's been, it was there since the beginning of the fight. In 2011, there were several hundred names that were hand-painted on the wall in the command entry of that building. All of those several hundred names represented somebody who had died. Not one American knows who they are. Special Forces knows who they are. But not one name was printed in the newspaper. There's nobody that made a big deal about it here. They didn't even know when the caskets came home. Because that's not the way they work. See, the quiet professional does the job because it's the passion for what we do, not because of the rewards of what we get. Do you ever wonder why I have so much reverence and respect for special forces and how honored it has made me to work with that community? It's because that's truly what those men are, and it's what I am in my own heart. So this is where we are. 
It's a choice. You don't have to like it. You don't have to be part of it. But in God's special forces, <laughs> that remnant, it's a pretty amazing place to be. The missions are tough. You know, the hardest mission that I worked with special forces teams to do was what's called engagement. Just to sit down and talk to people and listen and and get to know them and get to know what's going on because it's not exciting. In fact, it's not even cool guy stuff. You don't get to wear your cool kit. You don't get to use your high-speed gear. You don't get to kick indoors. But you change worlds doing it. Because at the end of the day, listening and hearing the heart of people, you stop being who you were and you start being what you need to be in the mission that's put before you. You leave your old wineskins behind. And the only true way through it is to trust in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for where we've come. A very interesting journey you've put us on. A place is in this world where we have an opportunity now to help build bridges, to help heal many hearts. There's a lot of people, Father, that don't even realize what they've done to themselves. We've fought a hard fight to keep them from doing, of taking this bioweapon or following these stupid paths of brainwashing. But we also realize that that fight is now over for the most part. What sits before us now is something more challenging, perhaps even more profound. It's the healing of a nation. It's the healing of a people. It's the healing of the tribes. It's the building of bridges where people think that no bridges can be built. It's the cutting of roads across mountains that people say can't be done. It's the extending of a hand when there is none. It's showing somebody mercy when they think that there's nothing but evil in the world. Or worse, they've never understood what mercy is. And it's extending love as the greatest weapon we could possibly wield to bring this world together. And more than that, Father, but to trust in you to truly bring healing, whether it be spiritual or physical. We know this if we listen closely, that if we let you work through us, there will be greater works than these we will do because Christ has gone to the Father. So, Father, in this time, we ask for a blessing. We ask for grace, but we ask for a blessing, a blessing upon all the hearts of those that listen and accept this place a blessing of the baby steps and beginning steps to truly heal those in need, to trust in you, and to let the miracles unfold. Let this nation be healed. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. There is an enormous challenge 
as we walk into a place of trusting fully in the Lord in our heart. And we will stumble, and that's why we have repentance, and we will fall and probably bash our nose on the wall or the concrete once in a while, and that's why we have repentance. But you know the amazing thing is Jesus is right there. He's not leaving us. God's not leaving us. We just have to trust more. And it's not to waller in that pile of pig poo because you stumbled. We have a father who loves us. He truly does. He knows we're going to screw up. How many times is your own father shaking his head and like, I can't believe you did this again. And we did as kids and we're going to do it right now. But where we gain for everybody, where we step up as we're called, is when we step up with that sort of the spirit to destroy the enemy with the love of the Lord. The enemy's evil, but the people he controls, they are not for the most part. And every one that we peel away from his ranks that we bring back to Jesus is one more chink in the armor of evil. And when we peel all of that back and all that's left is evil, God has no patience for evil. There is such a thing as wrath. But it's now time to realize where the real wrath has to fall. Let us walk this path as healers, as bridge builders. That path is before us, and it's us. It's for ours to choose. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. Our prayers are critical right now to listen closely to what he has put on our hearts. In the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. And the most amazing part about that is we're here and God trusts in us. So walk boldly and ferociously with the heart of a lion with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something
sunsets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith when your soul answers calls far away. Thank、you.